Revolting is produced by The Cycling Independent, the only cycling media completely free of commercial influence. We are community-supported and dedicated to the whole of cycling. As our tagline says, if you ride bikes, you're one of us. With Steve Allen Robot on the Cycling Independent, episode 99, Failing to Succeed. Content warning, this podcast maintains a 12-year-old sense of humor, substandard vocabulary, uh, resorts to bad language and dirty jokes in almost every opportunity. If that's not what you came for, go away. Go away. Okay, then. Uh, Good morning. This is uh, the 99th episode of the revolting podcast and what a topsy-turny journey it's been, eh? Absolutely. Uh, including just this morning, trying to both arrive in front of microphones in order to do this thing that we do. This is, uh, this is, so we, we recorded twice in one week because I was going to be busy the following week and then I learned that the I didn't actually I did upload the file. I just didn't email it to Patrick and Robot, um, and I didn't have my computer with me. Uh, so uh, that sort of stressed me out. Um, and then I was gone the following week, so we couldn't record again. And uh, you know, it's rock and roll lifestyle, baby. That's show business. It was. It's been rough connecting. It has been. It has been. But in the last 45 minutes, uh, you were like, hey, are we recording? And I was out on my mountain bike at the time. So in the last 45 minutes, I have returned home, written all the notes for this episode. Amazing. And I'll tell you, my first thought was, well, it's the 99th episode. Let's just sing 99 bottles of beer on the wall all the way for through an hour, for an hour. Yeah, just do that. Oh, I was so I was so stressed out. I was sitting at the train station. Uh, I was trying to get Tuesday's post written and I figured I'm going to be gone and I hate fucking editing shit on my phone. So I was just going to be like, plug in, you know, I wrote the post ahead of time. I was going to plug in the episode and bingo, bango, I was going to be cooking with daddy. And then I'm on the phone with robot at like 830 in the morning. And I'm like, my train is pulling into the station. And he's like, yeah, no, we, nobody ever got the fucking (laughs) file. Uh, So I flipped, not badly, I didn't really flip, but I was just like, man, we'd like try, we worked so hard. It's, it's, sometimes you just can't get out of your own way, you know? Uh, But, you know, we gave it a shot. Anybody expects anything more of us than you're lying to yourselves. (laughs) That's on you. Yeah. That is on you. Don't, don't assume, don't assume anything that we're going to be able to like get our shit together. We really tried, though. That was a good effort. It was, it was, uh, I admit I was a little frustrated because I was like, this is the perfect storm of like, Patrick didn't um, mix the episode until after I had gone to bed Sunday night. So he was like, hey, the wrong file's there. But then I didn't see it till Monday morning. And then in the moment that I saw it Monday morning, I reached out to you, but you had already left your house. And I was like, how have (laughs) how have we collaborated on a clusterfuck this perfect? It's uh, well, you get you get you get the cooks in the kitchen and somebody's going to fuck up and put too much salt in. Sometimes everybody fucks up and puts too much salt in. So, so you said now you're cooking with daddy uh, a few minutes ago. And I just wanted to recount uh, last week, uh, my wife was telling me something and I wanted to say, um, I smell what you're cooking. But then I remembered that I wanted, I actually was going to say, now you're cooking with daddy. <laughs> But what came out of my mouth was, 
Oh, I smell your droppings. <laughs> I, I think it's pretty bitch. It's pretty bitch <laughs> that we're, we're like constantly inventing new colloquialisms here yes. on the revolting podcast. I told now you. I just want to say to people, I, oh, I smell your droppings. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the woman who's uh, she's the, the bar I work at. Uh, she is the owner's partner. And at some point I was doing something. I was running around or I don't even know if I was working or something. And she goes, now you're cooking with daddy. And it, it stopped me dead in my fucking tracks. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> Where did you hear that? She's like, oh, I listen to the podcast. It's like, fuck, man. Oh. Wild that this is, this is like, ah, you know, I just, I trip on the internet. It's just everywhere. <laughs> that is true. Everybody has everybody has access to everything, and if 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 I have my you know my cherry pie, we've told the story about Warrant and how much they hated that song after right. you know it was a throwaway song on whatever album that was. If my cherry pie is going to be now, you're cooking with Daddy. I'll take it. <laughs> if I'm if everything else I've done is forgotten, I'm st- I'm still okay with that. Um, Welcome to the revolting podcast, cultural inflection point. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's see. So it's been on this end. It's been a busy couple weeks. Uh, My ex came to town to visit me. It's the first time she's been here since I moved, since we split. First time she's seen my parents, any of it. And it was fucking brilliant. It was so oh. much, it was so much fun. Uh, I don't know. We're both so awesome. I don't understand why <laughs> she doesn't want to be awesome with me, but that's her journey. Uh, you know, when we see each other, I guess we'll be awesome together. And then the rest of the time we won't see each other. I have no fucking clue, man, but I'm like being, a, being to a point where I'm okay with it. Yeah. At least like 75% okay with it. Like, Wow, what a fucking weight off my shoulders. And then I boogied to Portland to help High Order, who's a sponsor of the, I can't remember, the Portland Prestige Cup, Super Cup, some kind of cup, some kind of cyclocross series. And they brought me to town to do uh, race announcing, which I'm not fucking good at. It was a lot of... uh, just saying the same things over and over and over again. And like, uh, look at that person going so fast. I think this was one that I kept resorting to like variations of this. I'd say cyclocross little known fact invented in 1962 by Jim and Tammy Crossington when they were (sighs) needing to, they needed to get across train tracks to buy some candy cigarettes. (laughs) And at that point, the style, this discipline that we're all here tonight loving, that's when it was invented. Speaking of candy cigarettes, this race is sponsored by High Order, purveyors of high-quality candy cigarettes. It was just fucking nonstop bullshit. Ah. And my my brain was definitely not moving as quickly as my mouth was. Oh, but one... So they built these little obstacles right there, like some little whoop sections, a jump, and a little it's like tiny fucking barrier. And we're standing behind the podium, three of us, uh, CD, Amanda, and myself. Chris DiStefano. And he doesn't answer to Chris, by the way. I called him Chris one time, and he looked at me like I I just pissed in his shoes. (laughs) So we're standing. Wait a second. Behind us is the big billboard thing that says, like, high order race information. And we're standing there, and this kid it's the you know the kids race first whatever it's the most fucking boring race in the history of boring races this kid just rides straight into the barrier and scorpions in a way i've not seen in real life before and without saying a fucking word to eat any or looking no eye contact or anything cd amanda and i all just dipped behind the fucking thing to like, like, <laughs> bite our fucking hands <laughs> and laugh into our shirts like he ate so much shit I, you know my first thought was like well that this is that kid's last race <laughs> he got fucking bodied that kid is dead now <laughs> someone get him off the course 
<laughs> oh my God. It was, it was hysterical. Um, yeah. So then I just got back late last night and now we're doing this. There is a great, it just, I don't know why this reminded me, but my, there's a video of my buddy, Bruce, who I ride bikes with all the time. And Bruce is hilarious. Uh, but he rides, his kid is a really, uh, races enduro. He's really good. Uh, really good rider, a little bit of free ride. And, um, I think the, I think the kid was taking the video. So Bruce comes off this drop. The drop is probably like, I don't know, four feet, but he's just slightly offline. And so his top front tire doesn't land on the trail. It lands just off camber going off the trail and he ate absolute shit. And, and so his kid who's behind the camera just goes, God damn. <laughs> <laughs> the side, like the quiet commentary is what makes, I saw a video yesterday of a tree falling and this, this woman holding the camera is like, get out of the way, Bobby, Bobby, just keep keep moving and the tree falls and it it like trebuchets this fucking branch off the top of the tree it takes Bobby out she's she's goes oh Bobby or <laughs> Donnie or something like that <laughs> it just it couldn't have been scripted uh more gracefully uh so yeah how's your uh, how's your couple weeks been um well it's been hectic professionally. Uh, it, there's a weird thing where, like, the weather has turned and it's nice and cool. Like, the weather is so goddamn good right now. And I've been riding a bunch. And I, I, I'm, like, I'm, like, in love with mountain biking. Mm. You know, like, it's one. It's just become... You know, sometimes you do it just because you do it. And sometimes you do it because, fuck, it's so good. Yeah. And I'm in a fuck it so good period. So there's that going on. So it's just this weird sort of like uh, life is hectic, but then this is really good and the weather is good. Intermittently, my head emerges from my ass and I'm I'm pretty OK. Um, but that's, you know, that's rare. Then you look at the news and everything falls apart and then the cycle starts all over again. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. We're uh, all. Yeah. Human beings are. The worst. The worst. Like, of all, and I constantly think about what makes us different from other animals. You know, I mean, everything. Right. But. We're more highly evolved. We have opposable thumbs and with the exception of raccoons and primates. But like, is it, the, is it, is it ego? Is it consciousness? Is it like, what the fuck is it that drives us to be the dumbest fucking animal on the planet? That converse, conversely, the smartest animal, but the dumbest. We are a fucking plague. And if I, I've said it. If I've said it once, I've said it a hundred times. If I thought taking myself out would make even a modicum of fucking difference, I would have, I would have checked out years ago. I hate being a part of the problem. I try to live lightly. I try to live politely. I try to put my best energies out into the universe. Um, but holy shit, man, it's just like everything just gets, keeps getting worse and worse. And then I try to narrow my focus and well, at least if I can affect one person positively, if I can affect some positive change, like I guess that's all I got to fucking, those are the fences I have to swing for. Miserable. Yep. Fucking miserable. Life as it should be is basically Indiana Jones. And humanity is that big boulder. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. An interesting conversation. Was I, uh, maybe I was talking with, yeah, I was talking with Amanda and she was feeling kind of um, at odds with, you know, like, how the fuck do I affect any change? How do I make things better? Blah, 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 blah. And I said, you might not even... No, and this is the like I, I, this is the notion that I constantly hold uh, onto in a death grip is that 
it you you put all these big good efforts forth and 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 the result that you're looking for might not come from any of those efforts but it might be it might come from some effort from somebody who saw your efforts or a conversation you had with somebody or it might even be a conversation that you had with somebody that they then have with somebody else and they're the ones like you don't necessarily know what kind of change or what kind of positive effect you're responsible for because that shit could pebble in the water waves go every direction what kind of waves you want to make i mean that's kind of the woo-woo way of looking at it um and i always refer to when i met the skateboarder gary scott davis and i got a (laughs) it's a fucking long story but i ended up with a typewriter that he used years and years ago 35 years ago to make this one particular fan scene um because he was going to thrift store it or give it away and i wanted just as a a permanent loan or just for archival purposes i thought this was an important typewriter to to keep in the loop and um and then when he handed it off to me he's like oh it'd be funny if you ended up selling this on ebay or something and i was like Okay, let's let's take a fucking sit here for a second. You have no idea how positively you affected my life because you were 2,000 miles away living yours. You were just doing you. But I was watching that really intensely, and you made it okay for me to be a fucking weirdo. Honestly, like, not the only guy who made it okay for me to be a weirdo, but he was he was a pretty important one. And he had no idea. And this is this is three decades earlier or more. Right. All he was doing was living. And those waves made my existence. Uh, like I told my mom, I might have even written it in a story like best case scenario. He just let me be a fucking weirdo. He gave me some some foundation to be a weirdo. Best worst case scenario, he saved my life because I saw that somebody else was there's at least there's another fucking freak. Mm. Um, so yeah, I don't know. The upshot of that is you can never give up on trying to make some kind of change, even if you're never going to know about it. Maybe especially because you're not going to know about it. Yeah, I think life would be a lot simpler if you knew what the meaning of your behavior or your effort was in advance, but it doesn't get to work that way. Mm-mm. And I think, you know, so like, I don't believe in any gods, uh, but I do have faith that there is, you know, there's meaning. Uh, I'm, I don't know what it is. I don't get to I don't get to know what it is. Maybe that's the magic. You don't get to know what it is. It's not it's not cause a simple cause and effect, but you just have to have the faith that good causes will have good effects. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, maybe this is it. Maybe some some archaeologist somewhere down the road is going to find these random tapes and listen to this and be like, oh, it's the fucking Bell and Ted's, the Bill and Ted's effect. Yeah. Just a couple of jabronis writing a terrible song in their garage. And later on, all of future society is based on being nice to each other. What a yeah, fucking in, it, brilliantly it, sublime concept. In the future, there's only one revi- uh, one religion, revoltingism, uh, <laughs> based on the sacred texts <laughs> discovered on an, someone's ancient hard drive. We can only hope. I hope so. Uh, okay, we got so we got like a like a proper post to or a proper episode. Excuse me, proper episode to do right now. We have some shout outs. We have a, sh- a single shout out this week to Colin Amos, who is a Bellingham resident, by the way. Uh, who has both listened to all 98 episodes up to this point. I'm going to assume that he's also listening to this one. Thanks for being here, Colin. And he also reinforced (laughs) our opinion expressed in the last episode or the one before that the Foo Fighters are absolute (laughs) fucking garbage. (laughs) He did say that he feels some of our opinions are a little too rigid. Uh. But he was gracious uh, uh, about that. Oh, it's just, 
I can't, I can't listen. I can't listen to it. It's so funny. I saw, you know, and of course, Dave Grohl's everywhere you look, there's an interview with Dave Grohl and he's got this to say about this and not to say about that. And, and it's, it's just empty calories, you know, like it's just so, it's just so, it's just so bad. But, um, you know, Dave Grohl should try being a little reclusive for a while. <laughs> some people, some people love it. And I, and I, you know, I give him, I give him fucking all the props in the world for being prolific as shit, a uh, multidisciplinarily talented musician. Uh, he can write the shit out of some lyrics. Like, I, I'm not saying that he's. I just don't understand how all of that, all of those amazingly enviable qualities combined can create such garbage. <laughs> That's the thing that I don't get. I think it's an injustice. I love, I love the things that he's done in the past. Did I tell you my only claim to fame and I don't have really any, but my friend Farzad and I went to the I beam and saw screenplay, uh, 1990, one, I'm gonna say 91, I guess. I don't know. Um, and that night at that show, Buzz Osborne introduced Kurt Cobain to Dave Grohl. So if I could get out of town machine, and go to another town, if I had a time machine, I would go back and <laughs> change, some, <laughs> change some things. <laughs> oh, hey, Kurt, uh, here's Mario Rubalcaba's number. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. That would be something. I did see recently, I saw Scream is opening for Soulside. Like, I, Scream's back together? And, like, is Dave going to play drums? That would be wild. That would be wild. Probably not. That dude's like a bona fide superstar or whatever. He's on talk shows and shit. He's a boner fide superstar. Um, so, yeah, we okay, we still don't like Foo Fighters. That's cool. Um, Last week's, which is now two weeks ago, uh, uh, user question. Uh, nobody cares about eating octopuses one way or the other. They don't do it. They don't not do it. They don't have any thoughts on the matter. Yeah, nobody expressed any thoughts. I, I was like coming to you with an actual uh, uh, moral ethical conundrum. And you guys were like, Whatever. fart sound. Uh, I, also, I haven't checked my email so there might be something in there but I, I appreciate that people cc us when they email me because it's chances are pretty good that i'm probably not going to see the email yeah or if i do i'm not going to respond so <clears throat> that's good uh listener question this week uh if your friend jack helps you off your horse are you obligated to then help your friend jack off his horse and i think it, it's only right if we're talking about helping uh jack your friend jack dismount his steed which is another way of saying jack off a horse i guess but then i would say yes if you are it's a double entendre and you're asking me if i will man did manually uh release your horse's semen from from his balls i will not do that i i don't just, know how you read that into that question that's crazy to me <laughs> just to be clear <laughs> so hang on a second you're you what you're saying, I think. Let me say back to you what I think you just said. <laughs> you are willing to give downward boosties to your buddy Jack. <laughs> Absolutely. So he can get off a large equine creature. Yeah. But you are not going to masturbate a horse. I will not do that. Not for even if your friend Not for fun. Okay, never mind. Never mind. Not for fun. If it was like like somebody said, like, hey, you know, here, here's a thousand bucks. We need to, we need the sample so that we can breed this, you know, thoroughbred, whatever. But the only way you can do it is with your hand. <laughs> then I would totally do it. The only way you can do it is with your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> That'd take a lot more than a thousand dollars. There's a room full of kindergartners that are in dire <laughs> trouble. <laughs> we need you to felate this horse. Did you used to do that when you were a kid? Like if a terrorist... Felate horses? A terrorist showed up to your middle school and they were like, we're going to blow the whole school up. 
Unless you have sex with one of your teachers and then you're like, which teacher would it be? Did you ever play that game? Oh, of course. Sure. Oh, I'm sure. I still can't play this game. Like I was sitting on a, I was sitting on a train when I lived in Oakland and I, I was like, who on this train? I always played the who on the train would I have sex with? You know, if a uh-huh. terrorist got on board and made me have sex with somebody <laughs> or whatever. And yeah. I'm looking around. I'm like, not that dude. Uh, that kid is like eight. So definitely not them. And I look around. There's not that many people on the train at the very far end of the train. There's this woman. She's got brown hair and she's really pretty. And I looked at her and I thought, and I didn't stare. You know, I wasn't like being sure. <laughs> being creepy. <laughs> I looked down the train. I was like, oh, definitely. I would definitely have sex with her if, if, if I, if the terrorist told if me to. If that terrorist showed up. Yeah. And, that pesky uh, terrorist. And I look back and I, and I look back and she walks all the way down the train and is standing in front of me. And she turns around and bends over and said, did I sit in some gum? And I was like, what the fuck what? <laughs> is happening? Yeah. And I started laughing because I had this whole dialogue already like playing out in my head. And I was, but then I was so befuddled by that. And I said, no. No, looks everything looks great. <laughs> and then the doors opened and she got off. <laughs> what? Isn't that weird? <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, what the fuck just happened? That can't be that doesn't make any that doesn't make any sense. She's psychic or something. So when I was a kid, I struggled with this paranoid idea that all my thoughts, we've talked about this, right? That all my thoughts were audible, but everyone was just pretending like, like they had, everyone had gotten together and been like, that's the kid where you can hear everything that he thinks. And you just have to pretend like you can't. No, we haven't talked about that, but that's, that's amazing. I, I would love to say no fucking way. I did the exact same thing. That's the kind of shit that I would have come up with. But I, but yeah. I, I never, uh, I never figured that particular scenario. Yeah, yeah. For there was a, there was probably three years. I'm gonna guess between the ages of like six and nine, where I was, I was borderline convinced that everyone could hear my thoughts. That's incredible. Yeah, I did think that um, when we we built this, we moved from this little teeny tiny cabin when I was in second grade to a, a house that my dad built. And, um, I was sure I watched them put the septic tank in, which is weird because I don't remember, I don't remember trucks coming to like clean the septic tank out, but we were so far away. I don't know. I don't imagine that we were tied into public utilities. Well, septic tanks have leach fields, right? So they, Oh, they just um, kind of, it sort of disperses into the ground gets or whatever. A lot of them do. A lot of them do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Um, anyway, I was sure I watched them put this in and I was like, I was convinced that there was a guy that got trapped in there when they made it. So I used yeah. to flush food to him <laughs> and, uh, and I'd like flush little notes down to him and stuff. And I'm like, man, I'm just giving this guy false hope. Cause I'm not, I haven't said anything to a grown up that there's probably a guy trapped in our septic tank. <laughs> See what I mean? Like that's, that's, I don't know. That's just shit that kids do. I love that so much. <laughs> don't worry. We're coming for you eventually. <laughs> and then I'm like, I'm off to fucking go shoot pine cones with the BB gun or something like that. I just like, yeah, <laughs> like there's a guy living in our filth and, and I'm sending him notes and sending him little pieces of bread and tomato and stuff, but I'm not doing, <laughs> I'm not doing anything about it. Um, Oh, the world's saddest, uh, <laughs> saddest castaway. <laughs> Tom, Tom Hanks should have made that movie. Tom Hanks, that movie he made Castaway where he's on the uh, island, he makes friends with the volleyball. That's bullshit. It's, uh, I want so him to be up. in some fucking backwoods Colorado septic tank, just sort of hunkered down. <laughs> Such shit, a fucking miserable piss experience. washing over him. Every now and then he gets like he gets a, little piece of paper. a crust of toast and a note. <laughs> Just two hours of that. It's like, hey, I'm Steve. I know you're in there. <laughs> Take care. And then oh. I just aban- and then I just abandoned him. What a shitty little <laughs> kid I was. 
Uh, we all do a word from our advertiser, or music pick, and then a word from our advertiser. Yeah, let's do, let's get on, this is way, this is off the rails. Uh, uh, let's we, do music pick. We were talking before we started a recording, uh, I was suspecting that we were probably going to say the same thing. Same album this week. And I thought, wouldn't it be fun if we said, if we counted three, two, one, and said the thing, and it will, I... I'm 99% sure that we're going to say the exact same thing. So we'll say the name of the album and the name of the artist. How's In that? In that order? Yeah. Name of the album, name of the artist. Okay. Okay. So you got your pick in mind. Yep. I got my pick in mind. Uh, and three, two, one, and then the, and then the thing. Um, okay. Three, two, one. Remember, I love you, Engelbert yes, Humperdinck. and 68. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> the fuck is that? I didn't even hear what you said. Remember, I love you by Engelbert Humperdinck, 1989. Oh, Similar you know, this is, this is hilarious. So, um, so this is like rock, paper, scissors, right? You count down three, two, one, and then you, you, you throw rock, paper, or scissors. Uh-huh. Um, and then there's this psychological component, right? Because what you choose, you're trying to anticipate. This is all, it's all game theory. Right. Um, and then sometimes you can psych the other person out. You could be like, I'm going to throw scissors. And that really fucks with them because then they're like, is he really going to throw scissors? So you were about to, I knew that we were both talking about the same record. And then I was like, I'm going to say a different record to be funny. (laughs) And then I was like. Then I thought, yeah, that's I bet he's going to say a different record to be funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, yes, yes, and by 68. It's been, yeah, it's been on constant, constant rotation yeah. for a week and a half, two weeks. You got your vinyl <laughs> early. I got my vinyl late, but I got the super limited vinyl, so... Yeah, yours is cooler than mine. Yeah, they did what they did, like, I don't know, 201, 151, 201, and a thousand of the other, whatever. But I got on it as soon as it was announced. I jumped on the pre-order. And, um, man, it's a banger, though, isn't it? It is. It really is. It really is. Um, I I don't know what to say. Like, if you don't have... If you don't have the first two 68 records or you're not listening to them, then don't listen to this one because you obviously don't get it. Uh, but or you just are now hearing about it. But any I mean, any, just get everything like it's just all, get it all. It's all good. I love the I love the I don't remember. I'm not good with remembering names, but the first two, the one with the reel to reel and the red one with the Cobra. Um, Two parts Viper is the second one. Yeah. In humor and sadness is the first one. Yeah, yeah. And then there was the one with the the flower, like it was, you know, whatever the last one was. Yeah, that one's very good. But I mean, they're all good. Uh, what was they did a cover of? Uh, they did some cover, uh, like summertime blues. Summertime blues, yeah. Which I hate. I fucking yeah. ha- I hate it. I keep trying to delete it out of my library and it keeps coming back around. It's just so fucking stupid, but like, whatever. <laughs> Everything else they do is great. And this new album is, is so, so good. And they're so fuck. They've been busy. They, they knocked out like three really uh, labor intensive videos and then there's all this artwork and then they put the fucking records out. Now they're on tour and they're playing next month in Australia opening for the Bronx, which <clears throat> my ex is, was like almost had me convinced to just say, fuck it and fly to Australia to see the show. Like, mm. you know, why not? <laughs> Aside from finances and such. Right. Um, I got a business credit card that is pretty well paid off. So I paid my taxes from last year and I owe my accountant and I owe my bookkeeper money and I have a small business loan people money i will owe them money for the rest of my life like it's not like i'm fucking (laughs) in the black or anything but 
if I were to die in 30 days, I would definitely go to Australia to see two of my favorite bands play together. But I might still, I don't know, die and go to Australia. I might die going to Australia. Wouldn't that be You ironic? might go to Australia and die? It's a good bet. I mean, the, the, the world is really your does. oyster. <laughs> everybody, I don't know how anybody still li- is alive in Australia. It's like fucking Jumanji. Like, oh, did, oh no, did you get scratched by that rose bush? We have to go to the ER because it's like has a uh, fucking paralyzing toxin in the thorns or something. You're just like, God, I'm just trying to walk through a garden. But we can't go to the ER because there's a wildfire and that part of the town is closed. Oh. They have koalas. And that balances for all the shit there that's trying to kill you. Uh, okay, so yeah, 68. And, and, and if, and, what is it? And, yes, and? Yes, and. Uh, Which is, I think, I think yes, and is the, the number one rule of improv. I was like re- the answer. Yeah, I was reading about that. Yeah, I thought it was an interesting title and like, why the fuck? Why? Yes. And but there's like there's a whole story there. Mm. Um, OK, having gotten through all that and the, and I don't know, to to be fair, I don't really know much about Engelbert Humperdinck's uh, catalog. It's just a funny name. Here's, here's a crazy thing. I was driving into Boston a couple weeks ago and there was a sign that said Engelbert Humperdinck live at some fucking casino near here. <clears throat> and I was like, Engelbert Humperdinck is still alive. And he's, he, I think he's 93 and still performing. Yeah. Yeah. He and Tom Jones were kind of contemporaries. Like they were these fucking heartthrob crooners yeah. from the United Kingdom. Engelbert Humperdinck is English. And I think Tom Jones is from Wales and. Yep. And man. Uh, I was kind of on Tom Jones, on the Tom Jones camp. Like, I still think some of his songs are hot shit. But again, like, I don't really know anything about Engelbert Humperdinck. I remember the first time I heard his name mentioned, and it was an ad on television. I was at my surrogate uh, grandmother's house watching TV, and they they heard the name, and I thought it was the funniest shit I'd ever heard in my life. (laughs) Yeah. And all these years later, here I am, still getting use out of it. Well, let me let me uh, just because you mentioned Tom Jones and the fact that he's Welsh, I want to share the most random fact you're going to learn today. And that is that Tom Jones is from a place in Wales, which has the longest place name in Europe. In the world. It's fucking Uh, it's like it's like 28 characters or something. And as a Welsh kid, uh, my dad taught it to me. Grow as I was growing up, when before bed every night, we would do another syllable of the the name of that village, and the name of that village is Llanbair Porchwingeth Gogeregwindrobel Hantasilio Gogogoch. All right, yeah, you, fuck you, yeah, you still remember that? I it's burned in my memory. It's there forever. Huh. And it's so long. If you take the train through Wales, which I do way more often than anyone who's listening to this. But when you take the train through Wales, they don't even bother to say the whole name. There's a train station right in the town where the very famous sign is. And the lady just says the, you know, the names of all the towns leading up to it. And then she says, yeah, that's what I would assume. There's some kind of abbreviated yeah. version. I remember learning about that town when I was in. I don't know. Elementary school. I never, nobody yeah. ever taught me how to say it. Yep. Yeah. My dad, uh, my dad didn't have a lot of Welsh language, but he, he did teach me to say that. Can you imagine being a fucking little kid? Like I had a hard enough time remembering my phone number, but li- being a little <laughs> kid and, and living, yeah. living there and how ha- yeah. fuck that. Uh, there's only Ugh. so many hours in the day. I can't tell you where I live. I'm busy. Right. <clears throat> um, all right. Let's get a word from our sponsor. Probably Shimano. Maybe PDW. I have no idea who who's paying paying us. Anymore. Someone loves us. Someone with money loves us. So we'll be uh, right back. Right back. Hi, it's Robot. By this point in the podcast, you're all in. You're going the distance. Not all your life choices are the best, but that's okay. None of us is perfect. <laughs> 
Here's where I lay it on the line. We're going to entertain you for an hour. We'll do it again next week. In a month, we're going to give you four hours of belly laughs and deep, deep thoughts. All we need from you is a $3 a month subscription to the Cycling Independent. Three bucks, a cup of coffee, a really cheap beer. You've, you've got that money, and we, and we need it. If you've got more, there are 5 and $10 subscriptions, but we're not pushing. We're not pleading. That $3 would help plenty. And now, back to whatever inane nonsense we were talking about before. And we're back. All right. This week, we're talking about things we're not very good at, like podcasting, for example, uh, but still really enjoy. Basically, we're taking failure back from all the people who are doing it well. And if anything, 99 episodes of this podcast are a testament to the possible successes of continuing to fail. Uh, what is it? Falling, falling ass first into success. Yeah. Uh, the whole upper echelon of mediocrity, like trying twice as hard to be half as good. Like I've been thinking about this for a fucking long time. Cause I feel like I'm not really see, uh, was it Mark Twain? I believe. <gasps> oh shit. Here we go. He said comparison is the thief of joy. I think that was him. And, uh, uh, you know, if you, if I line, if I line a thousand 53 year olds up, there are going to be, there are going to be people who are good at things and there are going to be people who are shitty at other things. And I'm, I'm tired of comparing myself to the, I, I'm, I'm surrounded by people who are fucking great at stuff. I've spent over 30 years riding with some of the best bike riders and I'm still like everybody around me here is a fucking ripper because you have to be because the terrain demands that and I've become a better mountain biker as since I've lived here but I'm still like I still constantly feel like I'm the little kid running behind my friends going hey you wait up me too guys for <laughs> for everything you know like skateboarding I'm not I've never I my joke is that I've been a 53 old skateboarder since I was 12 <laughs> like I still do the same shit I still love curb skating I still love skating shitty little banks next to the loading dock like I don't know how to navigate a skate park when there's other people there I never learned in an environment where you were skating with multiple people I learned you hit a bank you do a fucking rock and roll or a blunt or a grind or whatever and then you ride back in and then it's the next person's turn i don't know how to skate that way um so but then i'm like you know well not now still well still no the few skateboarders i know are all rippers you know and the, all the skateboarders i hung out with in oakland all rippers and i was the little kid like me too wait up but i'm fucking still doing it and that by itself I feel like that's the thing. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be a Gene Overpriller. I'm never going to be a Robert Ives. I'm not going to be a Barker Barrett or a Quiggle or any, any of these fucking people that I know who are just shredders. I'm going to be me. And I got to, <laughs> at some point, I got to get comfortable with that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that I, I'm, I'm for it. I mean, I'm, I'm, not good at mountain bikes. I've been riding them a long time, so I can sort of pretend to be good at certain things. Um, like maybe I'm good at all the, I'm like a high level easy. <laughs> I'm real good at riding over rocks that have pretty clear entry and exit points. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, but am I, am I, am I 30 years of doing it good? Nope. Uh, but I love it so much. Yeah. Uh, by the way, by the way, uh, whatever it was an hour ago when I was getting in my car and I said to you, don't worry, I'll think of a topic for the show by the time I get home. Amazing. By the way, I was just, this, I was sure that you were going to fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> this was Megna's idea. Oh, far out. Yeah. Bless her. Yes. Yes. I want to um, be, I want to be good at some, I want to feel like I want to. Be, I want to look at a thing that I do and think 
I'm fucking that. This is this is bitching. Like I'm, I can do this. I can rip a sick flute solo, or <laughs> or whatever the fuck, whatever the thing is. But I, I've never art is. I don't feel like I'm really good at art. Like I, and then, but then I wonder, like, are people who are really good at stuff? I mean, when you're among the best in the world, then you know, like, oh, it's clear. Society has has stated. My accolades prove as much my wall of trophies or whatever. Like, yeah, I'm among the best in the world at this. But then the rest of us, like, I don't know. I'm not I'm not I'm not good at art. I'm OK at it. And I'm really happy with some of the shit that I'm making now. But. Am I fucking great at it? Am I am I the kind of painter I want to be? Am I the kind of writer I want to be? I'm, I'm okay. I'm good. Whatever. It like some people like it. Some people don't. Some people ignore it. Uh, I'm going to say something stupid now. I don't, I don't think that I want to be great at something. (laughs) I mean, I do, I do, but like, why do it if you're so good at it? Unless you enjoy it and I already enjoy it. So what would I gain from being better at it? I mean, I definitely want to. Okay, okay, okay. So mountain bikes. I ride them all the time. I think about like how I execute skills and moves and shit like that. And I watch some videos and I, I'm striving. I'm striving. I'm still striving at 51, almost 52, to be better. Um, but I, I like that. I like it all the time. I'm enjoying it. I enjoyed it 10 years ago when I was less good at it, even if I was probably better, more fit. I don't know. So, like, does someone who's really great at it, do they go out and have more fun than me? I don't know. I kind of doubt it. I would would think that that just has something to do with the the person's personality. You know, if you're going to go ride in Squamish and you're going to ride the scariest shit, like... You probably are having more fun because the you're seeing things from a specific vantage point that you know. Like I would think, not very many people have seen this. Not very many people can do this. I'm getting to experience a degree of excitement, a degree of fear, a degree of uh, accomplishment that not very many people have. So for me, you have leveled up. You have gotten so much better at this thing and you have seen uh, you've seen your steps of accomplishment, achievement, uh, skill building. And just that alone, seeing that like, oh, man, I'm I'm so much better at this than I was 10 years ago. That's fun. For, I mean, that's part of what I think well, is fun. Well, I think that can be true, but I think that same person can also just never feel satisfied. Mm, yeah, yeah, I suppose. But whereas, again, it, like it's the, it depends on the individual. Whereas the- Steve Knievel executes a slappy to like, I don't know, 90% quality. And he's like, fuck yeah, did anyone get that on video? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think, you know what? I don't think I can. I was thinking about this yesterday. I'm actually scheduling a knee surgery uh, and I'm going to be fucking laid up and I'm really going to have to put my money where my mouth is in terms of like how to, the, you know, whatever episode we talked about, how to, what to do when you're injured and, yep. uh, and like diversification of your activities and not losing your fucking mind. Yep. Um, going to have to I get into be, horse masturbation and stuff. I will be putting the, putting the fucking rubber on the road, uh, here in a couple of months. Uh, but it was a backside slappy that got me (laughs) front foot stayed on the board, back foot slipped off, stuck to the ground. I had nowhere to go, but a hyperextension. And I, now I got a fucking deficient MCL out of the deal. Um, same leg I blew out just fucking jumping off a mountain bike onto an off camber hill and really did a number on myself so it won't be as bad but i was thinking about skateboarding yesterday because i haven't i haven't skated since i did this like it is very evident i can walk and i can feel like my lower leg kind of like not in place with my upper leg and uh and i'm not going to quit skateboarding 
I wouldn't quit riding mountain bikes. I wouldn't quit doing any of the things just because I got injured, but I have to further adjust how I do things. And, uh, I've now I've fucking kind of twisted my knee doing backsides twice. And I've been doing backsides since fucking high school, like junior year in high school. I've, I've sort of unlocked a, some curb secret. Um, so I might just be like, there's this, okay. There's this one big guy that I follow on Instagram. He's a real big cat and he watching him skate is so fun because he just, he loves it. And he has learned how to skate in a way that accommodates his size. And he's really, really good at it. Uh, it's kind of like poetry, you know, and I'm thinking, well, maybe that's how I skate now is I skate like a fucking injured middle-aged dude, but I'm not going to fucking quit. Uh, and it's going to, that mean, so I'm even shittier, <laughs> I'm even shittier at it than I was before. Well, think about how satisfying, like your first slappy back is going to be. Mm. Oh, I feel it. I feel it. I think about it all the time. Right. So like, uh, 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 at the risk, I don't want to, I don't want to make this worse for you, but you're a terrible skateboarder. Um, not least because your body won't let you do the 720 McTwist anymore. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think it's fair to say that I'm a terrible skateboarder. No, it's that's not, not what I'm saying. It's not fair for anybody else to say I'm a terrible skateboarder. I can no. say I'm a terrible skateboarder, but I don't even really believe it. I'm okay. Still, no, again, I, I can't. I can do shit that other people can't. I can't do I shit know. that other people can. But this is my point. You're not a terrible skateboarder. I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't. I just. I'm trying to make a contrast. I'm trying to say like you are where you are. You're nowhere near the top, uh, even if you're not at the bottom. But you still love it, and isn't that success? Yeah, yeah. I did, and I. I. You know. Again, I've said like in passing or in conversation. Um, I love it more than ever. I love skateboarding more than ever. Uh, the last few weeks I was loving mountain bikes more than I have in years. And it, it felt so good to be, I got this cool knee brace and that was giving me a bunch of confidence. Then I went to see the fucking surgeon and he's like jiggling my leg all around. And now everything hurts again. Like there's a real psycho psychological component to all of this. When I thought my knee was better, I was riding good and I was riding confidently and I was really looking forward to skateboarding. Once I had this meeting with the surgeon and now I've had the meeting with the surgeon and it's not, it didn't go the way I wanted it to. And now I'm kind of afraid of doing anything again. Like I'm back kind of on this fear program. Yeah, um, but what well, to your point? Like I, yeah, you're right. I, yeah, you're right. You're right. I love it. I love it as yeah. much as I've ever loved it, and that that's that's seventy five percent of the battle. I would like to be. I would love to be able to learn new things. Yeah, I would love to be able to skate and pick up new fucking things. I lo- I I lose tricks as I gain them. <laughs> Uh, Mario Rubicaba, I think I saw an interview with him at one point and he said he tries to maintain the number of tricks as he is years old. Oh shit. Um, and he's, I don't know, 50, whatever, but he's a ripper. He's a fucking ripper. That's not even a challenge for him. He's just, this is just a little mini goal that he sets for himself. And I think one day I was going to, I was going to do a video compilation of every curb trick I knew. And I was so gassed at the end of this one session that I had to just dip into the fucking archives and pull out other examples of some of the tricks because it's fucking hard. (laughs) (laughs) Doing stuff is hard. Doing stuff is hard. I agree completely. I just, I don't know. I think love is success. I I, I realize that sounds real woo woo. and No, that's good. I like that. I think love is success, right? Like, I, why do I keep, why do we do this podcast? I love doing it. Yeah. Yeah, but it's also pretty good. 
and and I'm not I'm not I'm unapologetic about that. Like it's something oh. that I feel this is something I'm proud of. And we've talked about that before. Like if I fucking labor over a painting or I labor over well now it's not even a it's a creative endeavor. And if I if I labor over a drawing or I labor over a painting or I labor labor over something I've written, I can't look at it objectively when it's finished. And this is a conversation that just comes and goes and then I I upload it and then I email it to you guys or I forget to email it to you guys. Uh, and it's out of my mind I, and, until, until I finally hear it and, and it comes together and your conversation is stitched in with my conversation with you. And then I hear it for the first time as everybody else is hearing it. And uh, there's been instances where like, I'm, I forgot that, that we even covered that. I wasn't really listening. I like checked out for the whole conversation. <laughs> Every and, week, that's what happens to me. Every week, I listen to it. I'm like, is that what we talked about? <laughs> is that what we said? I'm I'm proud of it. This is something like this is something oh, that I man. feel that I feel proud proud of. Which, and I'm gonna take that as a fucking success because I don't feel pride in other creative endeavors, not overtly. Well, I think you just hit the nail where the nail should be hit. That um, feeling good about it is success. Okay. Yeah. Well, then I just reiterated the thing that you already said. Love it. Love is success. Oh. I asked Barker one day we were skating and I said, who's your favorite skateboarder? And he just waved his arm and he said, everyone here. (laughs) Like skateboarders who love it. Skateboarders who love skateboarding, those are my favorite skateboarders. And I think mm. about I think about that a lot. You know? So um apples and oranges. So question one was uh what are a few things you suck at but still like doing? Uh we've agreed that sucking is a relative term. Sure, sure. Um everything I do, I like doing, even though I'm not especially good at it. Same. I would say, I will say this about that, though. You are a better artist than you feel or believe. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And I'm going to just, this is, it's uncomfortable for me to say, but I'm, I'll just say, I think I'm, I'm going to say I'm a better writer than I think. I think that, uh, okay, we can, we can own, we can own that. I think that's okay. We're both we're both sort of historically bad about uh, taking care of ourselves and loving ourselves and supporting ourselves and talking ourselves up because you don't want to talk yourself up because that's egomaniacal. So what you do is you do the opposite and you disparage yourself. I've gotten much better about not disparaging myself, but Ian Marshall, when I was in Portland for the fucking maid show, whenever that was six weeks ago, we were having a beer. And he said something about my paintings. And I was like, mm, we're kind of mumbling. And he's like, dude, you that you've always done this. Stop fucking doing that. You've done so much work on loving yourself and supporting yourself and trying to be sincere in that. Yet you still talk shit about yourself artistically. And it's fucking tired. So having heard that, I realized like. It's time for me to kind of. Shut up. I love your art. I really do. I'm pretty happy with what I'm doing right now. I actually got it. Here's a kind of a weird little thing that happened. And um, Ian, same dude, he tells me to go to visit a couple of art spaces in Portland while I was in town. And I went to this one and met the proprietor and it's, it's called, um, shit, something original. Uh, I mean, the words is it's like something, something original. It'll come to me in just a second. But so I went and I met the proprietor um, and he's a really cool dude. And he said, yeah, uh, no problem. We'll go. um, We'll have a show. We, We can put a show together. World famous original. He said, we can put a show together for you. Like we do, let's do a show in the spring. And I was like fucking stoked. Cause I have a lot of work cut out to, for me. Cause I, now I'm finally know what I'm kind of doing. Um, having the studios kind of opened up this whole new, uh, series. 
And, um, and I remembered, uh, at some point I made a flyer for a show, like it just, a, I'm going to have a show in 2023. And I made this flyer and I was looking through all of my photos, all of my photos, all of my photos. And, uh, the meeting I had with him was on the 12th of October. Is that right? For the or the 11th of October. And I went back and I found that flyer that I made for myself. And I made that flyer a year ago, October 11th. So that was kind of a cool, it was like, Oh fuck, maybe manifestation. Like there is something to be said for the power of manifestation and the power of the mind and power of positive thinking and all of this other stuff that I've poo pooed and fucking denied the existence of. And then lo and behold, who gets a show a year after they made a flyer saying that they wanted to have a show, you know, and it's a way better show than I, than I was thinking it was going to be. I thought I'd be in the Bay area, you know, my buddy's spot. And then I fell through and then he said I could have it in another spot, which wasn't going to be as functional. And my work wasn't that good or as good as I wanted it to be. And now it's all come together. So thank you. <laughs> I like, I'm, ha I'm, ha I'm happy with my work and I'm going to tr try to learn to be better about being happy with my work you could have uh, just stopped at be happy but yeah let's rip through we're 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 cooking with, cooking with daddy we are if you could be if you could be really really good at one thing that you're currently uh not as good as you'd like to be what would it be really really good at <clears throat> i don't know uh it's a tough one i think <clears throat> i mean i'm tempted to say mountain biking but or writing or whatever the but you know i'm i'm really enjoying where i am and working at those things and getting better at them but if i could just instantly be really good at something i, w I would want it to be something pretty random like darts right like all of a sudden i'm just like world-class darts guy huh okay or I mean, you can make you can make money doing that. Like if you're the you know best dart player, the best yo yo, or the best skeet shooter, or whatever the fuck, you can sure. turn that do a, a job. Oh, the my answer is probably skiing. Then actually skiing because uh, I'm not very good at it, but I can see how much fun it would be to be really good at it. Okay, uh, I would like to be able to play the guitar. <gasps> I want to be a fucking rock star. I want to play guitar. Oh, yeah. I want to know what it's like to really fucking bang out some, some power chords. Mm. I want to know how to, to play guitar. Like it looks Dave, like Dave Grohl plays a guitar. <laughs> the look on Dave's Grohl on Dave's Grohl's Dave's Grohl's face says, uh, you want to be able to play guitar as good as that look on his face. Yeah. Like it, yeah. like if you didn't have the sound up and you were like, Holy shit, that dude is fucking killing it. I want to play yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, let's see. Time for the would you rather. Would you rather eat a 12-inch Subway meatball sub every morning for breakfast or have toenails that are always just a little bit too long? Uh, I'm going to say I, well, I'll eat a fucking meatball sub. <gasps> what? Yeah. I really like, expected you to go with toenails. No, no, I, I get, I get pedicures once a month with my mom or once every six weeks or something with my mom. I get, I got like skater toes. Like I've dropped a lot of shit on my feet and my toenails, like seven of my toenails are pretty fucked up. <laughs> um, and, uh, and they, it feels good to have them buffed and painted and, you know, taken care of because they're just so sad they're just the brokenest little dogs mm. uh and and then with they're too long you're gonna be like you know maybe scratching somebody on the legs that you're sharing a bed with or you're gonna be blowing holes in your socks and you're gonna it's all kinds of issues well that's what i thought i thought like the long toenails just slightly too long not like cartoonishly too long but like right. slightly too long they are problematic yeah yeah and meatball uh, subs are great. Ooh, that 12-inch meatball sub is a challenge. It's a lot of food. It's not like the second you wake up, but you can you can have it eventually with a coffee or whatever. And you wouldn't Ugh. have to eat the rest of the day as long as you had, like, good salads and drank a lot of water. <laughs> I've not ever had one before, but I have had a meatball sub at one point in my life, and it was pretty delicious. I could... 
do it. I'm, I fuck. Are we talking about like the rest of my life? Yeah. Uh, I was still gonna go with the sandwich. Yep. Uh, uh, I'm gonna go with the toenails. All right. Sometimes this will happen. Sometimes we disagree. Yeah. You I know? think it's better if we disagree. It's the spice. Yeah. Uh, surprise, surprise, bitches. 99 hours of revolting in the proverbial bag. It's time to consider your life choices for sure, but it's also time to get on with your stupid day. Subscribe to the podcast or get the fuck out on behalf of the revolting podcast and cycling independent of Siegel. I'm Robot. Don't forget to suck it. Better than that.